Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in Christ's likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark, or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. Now, when I was 10 years old, okay, I think it was year five, um, one of my friend's brothers watched an R-rated movie. And my friend in year five watched the R-rated movie with his brother. And then he told me this movie is hilarious, you need to watch it. And if, if you can rent it out, then we'll all come to your house and watch it. So I told my mum, I said, hey mum, can you go rent this movie? My friend's seen it, it's great. And but this is back in the day when you physically went into a store and you hired out a movie. Now I thought there was like a million to one chance that my mum would come back with this R-rated comedy, um, stand-up comedy movie. And I told her a couple of other ones so to kind of blend in. And then that night, that afternoon, I get home from school and she's like, I got the movie for you. And I like, couldn't believe it, so I invited all my friends over. And we watched this R-rated movie. And it was swear word after swear word, crude joke after crude joke. And, and I was having such a great time and I loved it. And the next day, and these are words I'd never heard in my life before as a, year 10, as a 10-year-old kid. And so the next day at school, me and my other mates, we were swearing and saying all these really crude jokes and finding it really funny. And I share that example. From that moment on, I, until I became a Christian, pretty much, I used to swear a lot and say a lot of crude jokes. Um, and so I share that story to say, entertainment can have a big impact on us. And it, and it might not be as obvious as that, but we're consuming entertainment all the time. And it has power. It has power to shape us. Why does it have this power? Well, I think it was storytelling shapes a person's view of the world. Have you ever watched something and gone, man, I wish I, my life was like that? See, good stories capture our hearts and our imagination so that we can make sense of our lives and desire good things. Like I watched a movie called, um, what, was, what was it? Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But um, um, In Time, I think it was called In, in Time, something like that. And it's like a, 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 a son remembers time with his father when he was younger and, and his father was about to die and it made me bring up my dad and say, I really want to hang out with you. Right? It has a good effect on me. I want to hang out with my dad. But then bad stories capture our hearts and our imaginations and make us long for things that are not good for our souls. Like that R-rated movie that I watched when I was in year five. In so doing, entertainment works um, in us at a heart level, not just at the level of our minds. And here is what I think is probably the number one danger with entertainment. While entertainment is good, and there are many positives, I think a key danger is it can make us think living God's way isn't good. Living God's way isn't good. Now, some say we should watch everything our friends are watching so we can relate to them. Now, while there's some good intention to that way of thinking, 
I think sometimes that way of thinking isn't helpful. Because much of the entertainment is trying to convince you of a certain way of living or a certain way of thinking. The way entertainment impacts our hearts and minds can be understood in terms of a laugh track. Now this is before your time, but back in my day, when I was younger, and I watched something called a sit sitcom, which is kind of like Friends or something like that, or Seinfeld, they actually had a live audience, and the, the show was filmed live, and they had this sign that lit up every time um, they wanted the audience to laugh. And so when it lit up, the audience would laugh. And so that would make you watching want to laugh at that particular point in the show. And in a sense, our conscience is like an internal laugh track that influences how we respond to what we watch, listen to, or read. We like it or we don't like it. So the way that the music and story impacts us and our emotions can change the way we think or what things we think are okay or not. Here is how one person describes the, what the impact that what we are watching or listening to can have on us. What the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. I'll say it again. What the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. You end up wanting to live a certain way, and you make up excuses for why it's totally okay for you to live that way. You want to live that way, so you make up with excuses for that. Even though deep down you might know it's not what God wants. So, entertainment makes you doubt that God's way is really the way to live. If there's another danger, and it's when a Christian stops living God's, God's way, people won't listen to us about Jesus because they think you're a hypocrite. People won't listen to us about Jesus if they think we're hypocrites. Non-Christians know Christians are supposed to live differently. And though we still sin and we need to keep asking for forgiveness, our lives should provide an opportunity for people to look at us and see a small glimpse of how good Jesus is. Living this way can win you a hearing for Jesus. And this is the sense of this verse I've got on the board in 1 Peter 2.12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles. That's just non-Jewish or non-Christian people honourable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. In other words, they will be saved. They see how you live, they remember what you said about Jesus, and they trust Jesus. No one likes a hypocrite. And if they think you're a hypocrite, that you say one thing but you live another, you enjoy by the things that you enjoy in your entertainment, for example, they won't want to hear what you have to say about Jesus. Because it's living differently that makes you stand out and gives Jesus credibility. When you don't watch or listen to certain shows because you explain to your friends you don't find them helpful for you, or when you have joy and peace when everyone is saying Christians are missing out, that makes people wonder why you were different. So we need to live differently. So how should we live? I've got three suggestions. Living wisely, suggestion one. We should consider if entertainment will be unhelpful for us and for others. Is it unhelpful? Jesus prayed in John 17, which was read out, not that we would be removed from the world, but that we would resist the influence of the world, of the evil one. Someone said once, a dead fish can float downstream, 
but it takes a living fish to start floating upstream. It's very easy for us to just go with the current, wherever, whatever our friends are into at the time, watching it, listening to it, passively consuming entertainment. But we, but we need to actively seek to discern or work out if entertainment is going to be helpful for us or not, because we're meant to be in the world, but not of it. We're not to think and watch and listen to everything in the same way that the world does. <clears throat> now this is what I do, okay? If I, if I have a question for myself or my family that I wonder if this movie or is appropriate or show, I go into something called IMVD, or maybe you've heard of Plugged In. IMVD, and you go to the parental content section, and it actually tells you all the swear words, all the sex scenes, all the nudity, all the jokes, um, and so you can go in there going, I know exactly what's in this. And then you can make a decision. Is it, is it going to be helpful for me or not? Is it going to be helpful for my friends or not? That's actually a wise and loving thing to do. Rather than passively doing it because my, you know, year five friend watched an R-rated movie. Does this solo movie have any unhelpful scenes? Or is it promoting a political view that will tempt you into thinking God's way isn't good? Or will certain entertainment give others the impression that you don't think living God's way is good? How will other people perceive the things that you entertain by? For example, here's a really obvious one. If I listen to a lot of rap music, where they swear a lot and talk about drugs and alcohol and greed, what kind of impression is that going to give to others about the things that I think are okay? Or video games, right? Back in my day, it used to be Grand Theft Auto, right? You're going around, pretty much shooting up everyone, you know, drugs, all this sort of thing. What kind of impression is that going to give to other people if I think that's okay to kind of be entertained in that kind of way? So then, so if so, then it's not helpful. If it's not going to make other, if it's going to make other people question what um, the good things that God says. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8:13. Paul says, "Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble." So if you're going to do something that might be unhelpful to someone else, don't do it, particularly Christian. We should be willing to make sacrifices for the good of others. So firstly, consider if entertainment is helpful for us and for others. Secondarily, we need to be aware of entertainment's longings and lies. Of the longings that entertainment is making us feel, and the lies that they make us believe. For example, I've got two longings. One, freedom from oppressive relationships. I think this is a big one at the moment. In each of us is a longing to be free from oppression. And that's a good thing. But it can be twisted. Into a freedom from God's oppressive design for men and women. Now just for a second, think back to the last couple of shows you watched. Particularly on Netflix. If you have Netflix. How many of them had one of the following? Someone who is divorced from a bad marriage. Suggesting that divorce is good and normal. A poor father figure suggesting that men are always poor leaders of the family and can't be trusted. An LGBT character shown in a positive light suggesting that everyone should view this lifestyle as positive. Or sex outside of marriage suggesting that it's unnatural to wait for sex during marriage. Put your hand up if one of the last couple of shows had one of those things in it. Yeah. Quite a, quite a few of us. Now, while entertainment is telling us God's design for men and women is oppressive, we need to remind ourselves 
When God says no to something, He's always protecting something good. When God says no to something, He's always protecting something good. God designed for a lifelong union between a man and a woman is what's best for raising children for society and for us. So that leads us me into longing number two, the longing of romantic love. A theme that shows in many of our films, and especially our music, is that fulfillment is found primarily found in romantic love. Go through the greatest love songs of all time, and you'll see the same sentiment repeated in different ways. I can't live without you. In some songs, the need has shifted from romantic love to sexual pleasure. In either case, you must have someone else, a soulmate, in order to be whole and fulfilled. Now, I remember watching a movie called American Pie when during high school. In it, five boys make a pact to lose their virginity um, before high school graduation. By the end of the movie, all of them have lost their virginity, and we see each of them are content and satisfied finally having had sex. And the message the movie was promoting is that we find fulfillment and satisfaction through sex outside of marriage. And I, I remember their very soft, compelling music was played the morning after they all slept with someone, and the camera focused in on how happy everyone was. I can still remember it to this day. I remember reflecting how fulfilled they were, were and, and I had this profound yearning began. My laugh track was so rearranged by this experience that I decided I too wanted to lose my virginity by the time I finished school. I actually decided that's what I wanted to do because I'd seen that movie. And all my friends were thinking the same way because we'd all seen so many movies like that. But these songs and stories are wrong to imply that the only way to find true satisfaction and fulfillment is in a romantic relationship outside of marriage. Because God's word reminds us that God created our heart to find the deepest and most lasting intimacy, fulfillment, and satisfaction through a relationship with Him, through Jesus who died for us. And so we've seen that we need to be aware of entertainment's longings and lies. And we combat these lies by captivating our heart with God's story. Think about famous movies or memorable movies. Why do so many movies like Finding Nemo focus on a character separated from his or her father? Why do fairy tale princesses in the slumber of death, because of the curse, in need of a warrior hero to slay the witch, Snow White, or the dragon, Sleeping Beauty, so that we have to wake up, so that we can wake them up from everlasting bliss? Why are so many like that? Why do so many movies like Frozen captivate us by sacrificial love of the sister for the other sister? Because I think all of these stories in some way are borrowing from that true, eternal, amazing story of Jesus. So which story are you letting your heart be captivated by? If movies are sermons, movies are sermons that influence our hearts, and you were to tally up the minutes you spend watching clips on YouTube, or streaming music, or playing video games, or watching television, or playing um, Genshin Impact, or you know watching some sort of um, you know boy band thing. I don't know. <laughs> compare how much time you spend doing that compared to how much time you spend listening to Bibles, or Bible studies, or time in the Bible. What do you think takes up more time in your week? If it's more time 
on entertainment, then is it possible that we could gradually have our heart be captivated more by the, more by the stories of the world than by Jesus? And the danger is you might possibly lose your interest in Jesus. Now what about you? If you've seen certain movies or shows so many times, maybe you can quote them, right? But have you put to memory verses from the Bible? Such as the prayer Jesus told us to pray. When you come to youth group or read the Bible, remember, you're not hearing a list of rules. You're getting to know your Father who loves you and you're getting to hear the most amazing story that, um, more, that gives you more hope than anything else in the world. And this, having that hope is not going to be given to you unless you spend that time in God's Word. So something I think is helpful to pray for each morning, this is some things that I pray for in the morning. Here's a couple of verses popping up on the screen. Open my eyes to the whole wonderful things in your word. Pray that God would help you be captivated by his word. Psalm 9, satisfy me with your steadfast love. So in the morning, pray that you would be captivated by that better story. And we can help each other here at Ignite by telling one another this story as much as possible. What did you learn from the sermon? What have you been encouraged by in God's word this week? And another really great thing you can do is share your testimony. Your testimony is how God's story has transformed your story. That's how you became a Christian if you're a Christian. Share that story, peace, so that we can keep encouraging each other to be captivated by God's better.